Hello. Nice to see. My cat is currently smelling my breath. Changing <laughs> the lyrics to the song that I should know. It sounded like it would be a Bob Sorry. Dylan song. It does. Mars in the factory, she ain't got no shoes. <laughs> oh, I haven't dusted off my Bob Dylan impression in a long time. I use it time. any chance I can. It never fits, but it always works. Oh, God. There used to be this line that I would always say. What was it? It was like, the sun isn't yellow, it's chicken. <laughs> I think that's, oh, that's a lyric. Uh, my brother's girlfriend had a, a bumper sticker that said, the sun isn't yellow, it's chicken. And it's a Bob Dylan lyric. And I thought it was that's so funny. Amazing. But anytime I did an impression of him, she was always so mad. And she was what? like, he doesn't sound but he like so that. Does. And I'm like, but he does. But he does. Um, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> I just sound like such a jackass. <laughs> That's the thing about Bob Dylan impressions. It just like turns you in. Well, what does that say about Bob Dylan's voice, you know? It's not my fault. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I'm just saying what I hear. It's, yeah. This is a podcast. (laughs) Where we talk Uh, about Bob Dylan impersonations. This is a... Oh, and we would, ooh, if we did have a Bob Dylan podcast, number one, how, how, long, would, yeah. how would that, would you just have like a episode for every song and just talk about it? Actually, that could work. Oh that God. could work. Somebody do that. But um, this is a podcast where we tell scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. Morgan Driscoll. Um, and damn, I did it backwards. But this is Scary <laughs> Stories from Camp Roanoke. Uh, we, we tell each other ghost stories in a very casual manner. So manage your expectations, um, and that's uh, that's keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle it's at all times. It's gonna be a bumpy ride, but will probably that's a safe <laughs> bet. <laughs> it already started. A rough. local team is operating the machine, <laughs> and we hope that he's in good enough mental condition to get you through it. I am that local Great. team. <laughs> <laughs> Local teen. Oh my god! No one is referred to as a local teen unless it yeah. is a pl- unless it's a character in a play or unless it's the beginning of a news story. <laughs> local oh my teen. God, so true. No, that'd be if I were to play and they pitied me and gave me a you know a part like like in the in Frank play. Is that a backhanded so reference the- to my casting? <laughs> I, it wasn't a pity part. I, Someone had I to play it, and you not, were absent for I the audition. Not deserve a better role. If you wanted a better role, you shouldn't have been sick on audition. <laughs> I I didn't deserve a better role, seeing as how I handled the role I was given. <laughs> so, I think that's because your heart wasn't in it. I just, um, I'm not. Or you're uncoordinated. There you go. <laughs> so I'm like, don't drop it, I brought that from home. <laughs> uh this is a really good idea. Talking about obscure things on a podcast that people listen to. Uh Morgan played the worst thief when I directed uh and the diary of Anne Frank in fifth grade. That was my directorial Odd debut. Choice for fifth graders. Uh Odd choice, but my mom tells me it was moving. Really? And I really think those kindergartners got something out of it. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, Morgan was not there for auditions, so she was she had to be the the robber that they thought were like Nazis, and so everyone was silent watching her, and she was just like stealing a radio, and then it just tumbled out of her hands, and then everyone just stared at her, and then she just picked it up and walked out. It, um, it's, I feel like an accurate description of if I was a thief, that's how it would happen. You would never be a I'd thief. Never be a thief. Morgan, you're the most conspicuous fucking my person thing, on any street. And I'd, I'd mess Aww. it up. Stealing your own heart like you've stolen mine. So tell me, a, this is a paranormal podcast, <laughs> obviously. Tell, tell me, from the worst thief in Germany, <laughs> Yeah, you're about to get a scary story. Ooh. Okay, so rescue mediums, it's amazing. I love the intro sequence. I love the girls. I love Skeletor. It's all amazing. <laughs> so this one's called Tell the Cows Come Home. I love yes. that they all have titles. And yes. of course, it's got more cow puns than you could ever imagine. They must have heard we were coming. Uh, so it's... <laughs> oh my Bovine God. intervention, says Skeletor. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Yeah. So... Ugh. My cat just knocked over my notes again. So so they're walking through a field of cows, Jackie yeah. and Allison, to get to Seagrave, a very spooky named town. That is. That's actually awesome. Yeah, I like it. I want to live there. And yeah. Jackie and Rick, R-I-C, live in this house. They've lived mm-hmm. there for three years. They've never felt alone the whole time they've lived there. So I'm going to lay down some of the stuff they've experienced. Then I'm going to talk about the premonitions that the ladies had before they came there. Right. So that's the best way to do it. So Agreed. they, um, one day Jackie was on a treadmill. She was running. And then she got pushed over the top of it. <gasps> oh, fuck. And she said, when I hit the cement, every bone in my body just crunched. But what? she looked completely fine. I don't know if that was just like, it hurt so bad. I don't think all of her bones she broke. thrown over uh-huh. the top of a like over like the 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 computery mm-hmm. machiney. She said exercise machine, but the reenactment looked like it was going for treadmill. Because okay. I think it'd be hard to fall off the top of like an elliptical. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, because the the thing is like at eye level practically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd never really have to catapult over. So I feel like I'm gonna fairly assume treadmill. Okay. So how the it's fuck? an angry entity that's happening here. Okay. Uh, one day she was walking to the front of the house because it's like a farmhouse. They have mm-hmm. their house and they have a large plot of land, like a barn and animals and whatever. So she was walking to the front of her house. And as she was walking, footsteps were appearing in front of her. Like someone was walking in front oh, of her at weird. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Rick, <laughs> her husband, he just saw a t-shirt of his floating in a bedroom. <laughs> He's not seeing as interesting of a of a thing as, as That's Jackie's. That's pretty seen. interesting. Yeah. Kind of weird. A t-shirt floating? Yeah. His t-shirt, he was like, my t-shirt was just in the air in the middle of the room. What? I don't know, man. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And they, Jackie said that the house has a heartbeat. And oh, they, no. They didn't specify if they hear a heartbeat or it's no. like a feeling that they have. But Ew. It's got a heartbeat. Uh, um, sometimes the TV will turn on full blast in the middle of the night, just randomly. 
<sighs> my least favorite, I think, is um, one day Jackie was alone on the couch watching TV, and she felt someone stroking her hair. Mm. There was no one there, ladies and gentlemen. She was feeling someone stroking her hair. I don't know. I'd rather get my hair stroked than thrown over a treadmill. Hey, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we have the opportunity to choose. A friend was in a room and an angel figurine got thrown at her. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So metal. Yeah. And every time they're upstairs in a specific bedroom, you feel like someone's behind you, even though it's the smallest room I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And one night the granddaughter was sleeping upstairs in the other bedroom, and she woke up screaming at three in the morning because she saw someone. And they described it as, there's a ghost for each person in the house, which there's like two people, so. But (laughs) (laughs) the point is, there's more than one entity here that they're thinking (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get to the premonitions what did you see raven (gasps) so (laughs) (laughs) so night fears nervous at night in the dark same child spirit a tv that turns on by itself angel's wing which doesn't come up again, so I'm assuming that was the angel figurine that was thrown at a friend, at Lisa. Right. Um, being jumpy, on edge, in one specific area of the house. Okay. And they had a couple drawings, which I'm obsessed with their drawings. <laughs> one of them was literally just for fun, I think. It was, um, what do they call it? Utter Day. It was a cow pun, and she drew some cows. I guess they don't know that they're going to walk through a cow patch. No, they have no idea where they're going, so... Oh, that's true. Well, they drew the cows, which was so cute. They drew a really sweet-looking woman. They drew a man who was either a farmer or old military. The hat, you couldn't really tell. It was, like, kind of circle-y a little bit. Okay. (laughs) Um, They drew a really scary baby, but it wasn't meant (laughs) to be scary. It was just a baby. (laughs) Oh, okay. Instrument Rockabye Baby. They also heard um, two peas in a pod, Mary, James, heart beating fast, and pennies from heaven. Hmm. And the okay. people recognize the male drawing. So that's that's the premonitions. That's what they've experienced. Now we're going to get to the hunt. I know they don't call it the hunt, but I like to call it the hunt. Okay. So they like to start on the surrounding area for this house because it's a lot of area. They're walking. They feel like they're being followed the whole time they're walking through the land. And they they heard someone say, I put my heart, life, and soul into this place, you know? And they, like, were pridefully standing there with their hands on their hips. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like a proud farmer and he was just staring at his land. Right, like whenever I built that house on Sims. (laughs) I know the feeling. (laughs) I put my hands on my hips and knew it was good. So, yeah. Very. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Oh, God. So, they're like, okay, this man, this is his place. He's proud of it. Cool. And they walk, and there's an old barn that's really decrepit. It's falling apart. It's in shambles. And they feel 
a lot of souls hanging around in that area, and their hearts are being very fast. They feel mm-hmm. really strange. Someone's behind them, and they heard, this is painstaking. And they took it as, this is that prideful guy. This is his barn, and it's totally fallen apart, and he was so proud of what he had built. And it's painstaking that now it's all fallen apart and just laying Mm -hmm. there, which is really sad. And then they start to leave the barn and kind of circle back to the house. And they were like, I feel like marching. And they kind of did a little march because they were feeling like a military (laughs) vibe. Like they were feeling like there was someone there, a sergeant major, they said. That was not a bad impression, Morgan. I totally (laughs) feel like that's exactly. Do you know what? Like I feel marching. like marching right now. Does it feel like you should march? <laughs> Let's march. But yeah, I can imagine I it. I love it. Exactly. They yeah. are so cute. Presh. I love them so much. I wish they were my grandmas. So they start in the house. And why not start in the creepiest room in a house in a basement? So they go to the basement and they immediately have this vision of someone getting beaten with a stick. Okay. And... They were told, y'all are meddling too. Like, like y'all are meddling too. Hmm. Like, whoever was getting beaten was quote-unquote meddling. Mm. And they're going to get it too. Mm. Rotten kids. Meddling kids mm. is the whole That's, yeah. reason I said <laughs> yeah, I <know>. that. <laughs> and you changed the one I word. did. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay, so they go upstairs to the main floor. They're getting shivers. They they felt like someone's with them the whole time. They're being followed. Someone's always behind them. They go into this red painted room, and they don't like it. I didn't like it because I don't trust a room that's painted all red. And yeah. they, they like get on the floor, and they're like trying to get vibes from it. And they're saying that a woman goes in and out of this room. Okay. And not much else happened on that floor. So they go upstairs. Most of the activity is happening in bedrooms in this house, it seems like. So they're in the second floor. And they felt someone behind them clamoring and climbing. And they saw a lady, that same lady, in the room looking at them wide-eyed and super nervous. Okay. She was freaked out. Something was going to happen. She was not okay. And then they saw a man. The proud, the proud man, this is his land, that guy. He was there. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to approach the man, and they were like, oh, oh no, my heart's beating fast. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god, this is not okay. They felt friction. And immediately while they're trying to talk to this guy, um, Allison feels the need to go to this antique baby doll that's in a crib. Mm-hmm. And so she grabs the doll and she's sitting in the rocking chair, and she's rocking with it, and she's trying to make a connection to this woman by, mm-hmm. like, doing what she thinks that this woman is, like, wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And she immediately gets so sad. This man is violent. She's crying, and she keeps saying, I don't know what happened to the baby! I don't oh. know what happened! She's crying, and Jackie's like, her name's Jackie, yeah. She's like, what did she do that's so bad to the baby? What won't she say? What happened to the baby? She's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the baby. She has no clue. No clue at all. But she's crying. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to, like, rock and hold this baby. And it's so sad. So she says she she's feeling like she needs help. And she she she's getting this from the woman. And the woman 
they see her, she's reaching her arms out and she's asking for their help and they can feel that she's getting weaker Mm -hmm. and weaker. So they're like, immediate rescue, we have to help her. They see the woman, she's holding her baby, because obviously a baby has passed, something happened with the baby. And Mm -hmm. they've shown the light to her, there's the doorway. She's in the doorway with her baby and she's going towards it and then she turns around and shakes her head and disappears. She won't go in. She refuses to pass on. Something in that house is keeping her from passing on. She's got something to take care of. She's got a baby. Like, go. You got yeah. the baby. Yeah, what else do you need? So they're like... Take the baby and run. So like, okay, we gotta we gotta do the whole house. So they go to the stairs, and they're trying to send light to all parts of the house. And so they're starting with I the I know basement. exactly what the music is right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 and then... In the, like, the aesthetics of the whole house video, but with, like, the the, the filter. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Fill it I with light, it. bitches. Fill it yeah. with light. <laughs> so, they're filling it with light. They're feeling very weak. Allison, in particular, is feeling very weak. I think Allison, because I feel like, is really susceptible to being uh, overshadowed by, by spirits. spirits. She cries a lot. Oh. It's, it's emotionally exhausting, oh, I imagine. Yeah, she had a rough time with this one, and I don't know if it's that and the fact that she made this connection with the woman, so yeah. she's more feeling what she's going through, but they start in the basement, and the angry male has revealed himself, and he's- Mr. Jenkins! <laughs> he is not happy, he's pissed, They're like, oh, he's annoyed, oh no, yeah. he's shaking his fists. He's like, I've kicked people out of this house. This is my house. I've owned this. I take care of it. Get out of my house. Yeah. And they're like, no. <laughs> and so Allison is feeling very drained. She's feeling very weak. He's like right. taking taking it out of her. It's like, I'm going to faint. I feel weak. And then she lays down, closes her eyes for a while. Then she's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. So they do the light. They keep going. They get to the, the middle and they see the woman and the man together. She's holding the baby. She's asking him, like, she's wanting him to go. He's not wanting to go. She looks at the mediums and she says, help me help him. Okay. Which is so sad. So she, he's not wanting to leave and she wants him to leave. Okay. And all of a Are sudden- Are these people husband and wife? Like, do we know what we don't know. relationship We don't is? know yet, but we okay. will know. Oh. We will know. <laughs> I feel like it's implied that they are husband and wife and he beats her. That's uh-huh. the vibe I'm getting. I at this point we don't know what happened with the baby. I don't know what that situation is. Okay. And we don't know who this military man is and his connection, but right. he appears. He goes to the man, he kind of reaches out his hand. Oh, the military man appears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The military man. Okay. He marches okay. in and he's like, Let's let's go. And so the man agrees. Let's take a walk. Let's okay. march away. So the man is touched by seeing this military man, and they all go to the light, and they're rescued. <gasps> oh. So we're getting the vibe that they know the military man. I was thinking maybe he just really respects positions of authority. And <laughs> hey, some people really do. But yeah. let me, okay, I'm going to conjecture for Okay, yeah, yeah. For, I want to hear Let it. me mosey into my theories. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... And this, I think, sometimes happens with specifically military people when they pass. It seems like some places 
almost have like guardians, like almost mm. like they're protecting the land or they have some association with the land and that they will do their best to be like a like a liaison, a mm-hmm. conduit, if you will. I like and, it. And uh, because uh, I've encountered that before where there will be someone basically like almost standing guard over an area and protecting a family. And sometimes those people are former military. So I'm wondering if that person is associated with the land and in the past life, he's already passed over. He doesn't need to be rescued. He was just there to help bring the other spirits onward. And then he's there to protect the land. That's my theory. Okay. I like it. Do you want to hear the history? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel satisfied. I think Uh, that's one of my favorite parts is that they get all this documentation and they're like, look, this is literally what we saw. Yes, I love it. And it's it's always funny when on other and it's always right. It's always they are always so dead on. And and with other shows, they'll have a medium that's like, I'm getting like a Margaret. And then they're like, Lady Marissa Hollingsworth lived (laughs) in the house from 1860 to 1890. Yeah. And you're like, it was a. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, no records are shown to show that. Like, yeah. it, th- this is just more concrete. Yeah, the, they call mediumness than I've ever seen. Every episode I've seen, they call out the names from the beginning. Yeah, they these women are unbelievably talented. They're even so like fucking Jackie, talented. and she's like, yeah, that's my name. Like the the lady they came to rescue her house. Like she's like, yep, yep, you're on point. So Jackie. here's here's the history. So. James Henry, they predicted James, 1859 uh-huh. born, has owned the house since 1891. This you know what's hilarious? Land. When you said that he was born in 1859, I was like, oof, gosh, that makes me feel old. But that's um, insane because I was born in 1995. But, uh, oh but I God. was thinking, <laughs> oh, but man. I uh, am a learn a lot of history and i was like woof born in 1859 like gosh what a young i was i was thinking like he missed a lot like geez like what a he was just a baby during the civil war what a baby oh my god (laughs) i studied the victorians a lot and to know that he was just a wee baby during that time is hilarious to me just just thought i would um a youngin yeah very recent (laughs) So, James Henry... Well, he lived to probably see, like, the 1920s. Like, that's as recent as it gets. I think he did, yeah. Yeah, like, that's practically everyone's grandpa. Like, you know? Yeah. Or not... No. (laughs) Depends on your perspective of history. Can you imagine? Your grandpa would be over... Okay, anyway. So, (laughs) I'm not not doing math. I'm off the clock. So, James Henry married... (laughs) It's true. He married Mary, another name they predicted. Mm -hmm. And that's the sweet woman that they've been seeing. That's the drawing that they drew. And they showed the drawing and they said, yeah, that's that's the woman we've been seeing. Is that the woman with the baby? That's the woman with the baby. Okay. They had tons of kids. They said, look at all these kids. Like, they, they didn't say how many, but, you know, farmer family in this time period, they had a crap ton of kids. Yeah, you gotta have a lot. You gotta man the fields. Yeah. Three of them died as infants. Yeah. Baby Bruce got oh. bronchitis. 
He couldn't breastfeed, so he died of malnutrition at two months old. And that's the baby that I know. It's they so didn't sad. have any goats or anything. Like you can get milk from other animals. So. I don't know. What kind of farm is I that? Don't know. My dad's Crop? name is Bruce, and my mom's name is Mary. Oh. So I think that's the baby she's holding on to. Brucey. No. And the two peas in a pod. She had also lost two twins at a few hours <laughs> old. Oh my god. Two two little girls. <sighs> and they also lost a son. Oh. He died at fuck. 18. James in battle. Oh no. He was in World War 1 and he Jamie! died in battle. And- ah, that is my favorite war to be sad about, I'll be honest. <laughs> Like there's just like something about World War One that just like destroys me, and I yeah. think it's because no one cares about it, and it was truly horrifying, and yeah. no one like gives it any fucking credit. They're like mm, trench warfare, oh World War Two, oh I love, I want to learn about the Nazis, but I'm like you didn't fucking pay That's attention to World at. War One, where literally nobody knew who the bad guy was. Everybody was just. Tacking on alliances, and it was complicated in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and then all these boys are dead out in the fields in France. Oh, mm, so sad, but it's like really unappreciated. So if you guys want a war to cry about, um, (laughs) really look into World War One. It's choice, choice, choice conflict. (laughs) Primo. If you take anything away today, take that away. It's it's true. And I've literally said it for years. It's my favorite war to cry about. You can ask people. I love it. Everyone knows. I love it. <laughs> Everyone knows. So James died a couple years after his son died. I think he died. He was the last one to die. Like he, he outlived his wife. Wait, I'm assuming they wait, had kids So the, 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 the 18-year-old is named James and the dad is named James? Yeah, James Jr. Okay, we'll call the younger one Jamie. We'll call him Jamie. I've always wanted to have a kid named James and then call it Jamie. I think it's <laughs> I cute. love it. I, I think that's cute. <laughs> um, James died of pancreatitis, which a lot of times happens when you drink a lot of alcohol. So they think ah. that he drank a lot of alcohol to cope with the fact that he kept losing kids. Yeah. And he, like, focused so heavily on this farm because it's not it wasn't something that was going to be taken away from him. And he yeah. wanted to distract himself, and that's why he's so attached to the land. Oh, yeah. And they think that he was drinking, he was getting kind of violent with his wife. Yeah. That's why he was beating her. I'm not giving any excuses. That's a shitty thing to do, but it's very sad. It's just all in all, very sad situation. I mean, they didn't have any coping mechanisms, and yeah. people think that because in the past losing children was so common that somehow it like hurt less. No but there, it's a universal. There, there, pain of losing a child will never be any less or more. Like depending on your circumstances, like it's always horrifying, and it doesn't matter if you've known them for five days or if you've known them for twenty five years or forty five years. Like it's always horrible, and people think that. People in the past are just like, oh, just lost another kid. Like, we'll have no, one. it's, 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 yeah. And I mean, they did, but it's, it's still, still yeah. awful. Like, that is a universal human experience of yeah. real, real heartbreak. And I would say that's a, a big reason that a lot of people stay attached to their land is 
because they they are just like so torn apart by the loss of children and and I, they don't want to leave their kids at grave sites yeah. or they don't want to leave because they they're worried they won't find their kids if yeah. they cross over. Yeah, what if they But come of back? course they're wrong because they cross over and everybody's together again but and there's no Ugh. therapy. Women aren't allowed to there's, there's be no sad. Therapy. Men aren't allowed to show emotions. Yeah, just and have to tuck it away. <laughs> At this point, no one was allowed to be sad. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, just gotta buckle up and move on. Which yeah, is and then the just saddest. get pregnant again. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, so awful. They helped this family move on. Mm-hmm. They were. He was reunited with the son. I'm assuming his son was like protecting the land because he knew his dad loved it so much. I don't oh, know. So if, it was the son was the soldier. The son man. was the soldier, and he was. Mm. I think he was more on the premises, and the dad was. I don't know if they crossed paths a lot or if at all. Because when the dad saw the son, he immediately relaxed, and he was like, "Okay, I'm ready." And I don't know okay. if he was like, "It's time now," or if he was like, "Hey, nice to see you. I'm here now. It's time." I don't know how. Yeah, I think. Worked. I, I mean, I don't know, but it mm-hmm. could be that the son had just been visiting to, like, help them cross over. Mm, I hope so. He may not have just been, like, on the land all the time. Hard to say. It is hard to say. And oh, with gosh. their drawing, I don't know which one it was, but they helped him move on. And then they were like, that just leaves my premonition of pennies from heaven. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, the, the house. Pennies from heaven mm-hmm. is my Bon Jovi cover band. <laughs> Oh, Jackie, the house owner, she was like, yes, I've been getting pennies from the other side. You've experienced this. Me too. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I I love this. I swear, I see pennies in crazy situations all, all the time. And it's always when I'm on my way to something that I'm unsure about, there will just be a penny in my path and I'll be like, I know I'm on the right track. And the other day I was walking down the street to meet up with a friend from an acting class to see his improv show. And I'd never met up with him like outside of the acting class and I was kind of nervous. And the... Uh, a couple was walking like towards me and then the guy like tripped and I heard like a weird metallic sound and a penny was just (gasps) spinning in front of me on the ground. And I was like, whoa, that looked like someone like threw a penny at his feet and then it bounced off and spun in front of me. It was crazy. And then on the way home, I was sitting on the subway, super happy, elated because it was so wonderful. And then someone got up from the seat across from me and there was a penny on the seat. So, oh yeah, but uh, that stuff happens to me literally, like, every day almost. That. I love that. Yeah. Someone's looking out for you. Yeah, I know. It makes me feel really good. So, Jackie's getting pennies from heaven, too. Hell and yeah. lately, every show I watch has been making me tear up, and this one was no exception. So, oh, yeah. her mom died not even a year ago. Oh. She died on Boxing Day, which I'm told is around is Christmas. The, the day after Christmas, I think. <laughs> yeah. And her mom was sick and was taken to the hospital, but they didn't tell Jackie she was taken to the hospital, and then she died in the hospital. Mm. So Jackie's felt this overwhelming guilt of, I wasn't there for her last moment. I wasn't there to mm-hmm. comfort her. I wanted to be there. I wasn't there. And she doesn't mm-hmm. even know that it wasn't my fault. Like, I, w- I would have been there. And mm-hmm. um, they were like, no, your mother is always around. She's always with you. She's the one giving you the pennies to show you that she's there. She's not upset. She knows you wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. She loves you. And she forgives you for not being at the hospital. And she's, like, seen this family that was here. And she was trying to move them along, too. Your mother's an amazing, sweet woman. And she's always there. And I was like, 
That's so wonderful. It was amazing. So, yeah. so she's there, and I love that. And then Skeletor said they were outstanding in their field. <laughs> so funny. And then they drink Why wine. they choose this guy? They do. It's so funny because they'll have these intense, incredible, like, the the stage of human emotion is mm-hmm. just like being played out in this low budget ridiculous <laughs> television show but like the re- like it doesn't have to be any higher budget because mm-hmm. it's perfect it's like there's just nothing more essentially like, yeah. interesting than seeing people really vulnerable and that's what interacting with mediums and and talking to people and helping people move on does like just interacting with human pain is just so essential to all of us. And that's why I think interacting with the paranormal is so fascinating to so many people is because a lot of times, almost all the time, it's a story of like human pain and tragedy. Mm -hmm. And people are riveted by that. Mm -hmm. I am. I know I am. And I love that I'm a fucking actor for Christ's sake. I I get off on misery. I love that the ladies don't take themselves too seriously. Like, they're having a great time. They know they're good. But they're not, yeah. like, like, no, 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 you know? Yeah. They're not, like, dickheads. They're not, like, weird. They're not, like, oh, you used a Ouija board. Yeah. We gotta get this rescue in real fast. Move, move, move. Like, they're I not assholes about, like. An episode on season seven where mm-hmm. the daughter used the Ouija board and it brought out the, um. I think it was a family that was living there. There was a man that she brought out. Mm. And they were like, this man is telling us that he was brought here. Uh, I wonder who did that. And all the activity is in the, the daughter's room. And she was like, I might have used the Ouija board. And they I didn't nag have. her. And then at the end, the dad was like, maybe this show will help show kids not to use Ouija boards. There you a little go, bit man. of a nag. But... They don't, they don't talk down to anyone for doing crap like that. No, even that fucking guy they interviewed last episode, uh, they were like, so you're a witch and he, and you're not even a good witch. And he was like, yeah. And they were like, cool. Thanks for chatting. Like they weren't like, like yeah. they weren't dicks about it and they didn't have big egos. Like I don't think you can have a big ego when you're dealing with the paranormal. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Not everyone shares that <laughs> perspective, but um, I want to see Skeletor. I want him to be there, live narrating. <laughs> I want them to like be doing something. He's like, and the ladies have seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that narration is truly ridiculous. Yeah, and it doesn't but, even take away from the moment for me. Like I, I still love it. It's still so precious. <sighs> I completely agree. So that's the podcast. Yep. If you would like, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. You can email us your scary stories at letters to camp at gmail.com. We will read them on the show. And leave us a review, a subscription. Um, yeah, say yeah. some kind words. It really helps us out and it helps yeah. us go into other people's earbuds. Um, I think. Oh, if you Red want Bubble. some merch, merch, merch go merch. to redbubble.com and we will hit you some with some really cool stuff. We will hit you. We'll hit you. <laughs> we will, <laughs> you and can buy we will get some really, really cool stuff. But yeah, I think that's that's about it. It. All good? It. Great. 
All right, y'all have a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted things. Bye. Bye.